This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 87. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and I'm here with my amazing, bald and beautiful, purple-shirted, headphone slut of a co-host, Chris Graham. How you doing today, Chris Graham? You. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Watching a dog for a friend, watching a little blue healer. Anyone that has a blue healer probably can relate. They are needy dogs. They are needy. <laughs> they are needy dogs and they pee everywhere. Thankfully, I have tile in my house. That's and, uh, jogist. You can't, you can't <laughs> say one type of dog is better than another. Yeah. I love it, actually. It's a very obedient dog. It's just very high energy and very needy. It'll probably bark at some point and throw itself against the door while I'm recording the podcast. <laughs> That's the only reason I mentioned it. What about you, man? What you been up to? It's all good. Man, trying to balance all the projects I got going. Bounce Butler is super duper 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 close to being done. We're looking at days or weeks before I'm putting it in everybody's hands, but it's working great. I've been testing it with people and uh, it's been very exciting. Very exciting. I'm stoked for you, man. Let me tell you one of the things I'm super pumped about. We're adding a feature. You know, you select a bunch of sessions that you're like, hey, I want to bounce these, but I also want to leave my studio. Okay, Bounce Butler's going to bounce it. And then it pops up a dialogue and says, do you want me to copy each bounce to Dropbox for you so that you can check out the bounces remotely? And it works. It's great. It's awesome. And so that, I was talking to Lid Shaw about Bounce Butler where we did some testing and he pitched me this as a feature that he really wanted and explained why it made the app better. And I think it really does. So I love that. I just have a question. I actually have all my sessions in Dropbox all my active sessions, would it not just bounce it to the bounce files folder or whatever? Or Well, as I've been doing research, that would work. If you had all your sessions in Dropbox, you're good to go. Most people don't though, at least from what I've seen. No, you're right. You're right. I have the business plan, which is like 75 bucks a month and has unlimited storage. So I can just do whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck I want. <laughs> it's glorious. But yeah, so if you've got the traditional setup, which is external hard drive with all your session files, it'll copy it onto your Dropbox folder, which is going to be probably on your internal drive. But yeah, so sort of the idea there is you could say, hey, I want to do all my bounces for all my mixes. Say I've got an album I'm bouncing and then I want to do a vocal up for every single one and then I want to do a vocal down for every single one and then I want to do bass up. You know, you would never do that in real life because it's a pain in the ass. But with Bounce Butler, it takes you like no extra time to be like, yeah, sure, I'm going to bounce all these. They're all going to show up in Dropbox and I'm going to listen in the car. Will it text me the link to the Dropbox folder? We're not sure if we're going to include that feature or not because it could be a security risk for people. I don't care about security. I want <laughs> convenience. I'm the kind of guy that I've got Alexa in my kitchen and she listens to every single thing I say and do, but I like to be able to set a four minute timer for my coffee in the morning. So I don't care. It's nice just saying, Alexa, set timer for four minutes. And I know you're spying on me, but that's okay. <laughs> True. I've been experiencing that a lot lately where I'll like say something to someone and then a minute later I'll be like on my phone or a computer and see an ad for that thing and be like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's a known thing, man. Facebook will deny that all day long, but I'm like, you're listening to everything I say on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. You Super know what? Weird. As someone who advertises a lot on Facebook, I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, today's episode, Chris, you want to get into that or you want to banter for more time so people will hate us more? Let's banter for more time. Here's another amazing thing in my life. <laughs> okay. It's not that amazing. We're not sponsored by them or anything, but I bought new glasses from Warby Parker. Can we be sponsored by Lor Warby Parker? I said Lorby. Lorby Parker. We're going to call them Lorby Parker until they sponsor us. It's amazing. Yeah. That's our new strategy. We call companies by the wrong name, recommend them enthusiastically. Just go to LorbyParker.com for your own glasses. <laughs> Get a custom pair. I got like new prescription sunglasses. And as a fellow glasses wearer, prescription sunglasses are pretty much the greatest thing. And then I got those fancy lenses that turn into sunglasses outside and are not glasses. Transition lenses. Yeah. I've never had those before. I've always thought they look crazy. That's the ones you're wearing now, right? Yes. So for our listeners, you can't see this, but Chris pointed out that he got 
new glasses. He had another pair on the last episode we did. It was like a, it was a nice looking pair that I complimented him on. But this pair, <laughs> I was like, dude, this is the biggest your eyes have ever looked. You look like an anime character. <laughs> hey, do it again. I am an yeah. anime character. Yeah, it's not an insult, man. You just look like a doe-eyed like Disney princess now. So I'm all about it. It's beautiful. Beautiful bald princess. It's weird because this is a podcast and most of you probably don't know what we look like. And uh, it's weird. <laughs> Let's not talk about this. This is so weird. Our show art, it shows a photo of us. It's like a drawing of us, which is not quite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's close enough. Our skin's less yellow than that in real life. Should we get voices with names? I'm the one on the, am I on the left or the right on that show art? I don't even know. Actually, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. It's been a while since I've looked at our yeah. show art. Okay, you're on the left. You're the bald and beautiful one on the left. Okay. And then I'm the one on the right with the largest forehead in the world. So You could always just follow us on Instagram because uh, you could see what we look like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's gone off the don't, rails, man. Let's, don't follow us on Instagram. I retract that yeah. <laughs> self-serving yourself, thing. Let's talk about business and recording studios. Let me just say one thing on Instagram about this real quick, which is funny. Do it. If I go to my Instagram right now, which is Brian H00D, so Brian Hood, there's no reason to follow me because of what I'm about to say. <laughs> that was the weirdest laugh I've ever made in my life. I love that laugh. <laughs> if you look at my top nine, which is an indication of like the last nine photos I posted, uh-huh. you can see the last two and a half years of my life on my top nine. <laughs> Not a poster, this one. Goes back to 2017. I do a lot of stories. I don't do a lot of like posting the image. It, it just seems like... It's a lot of work. When you put an image on Instagram, it's like, this is who I am. It's so true, man. There's so much pressure to put good photos on your Instagram that you don't have that same pressure in stories. So I just post stories occasionally. Well, it's weird. And I think this is a good slight distraction for us before we get into the meat of the episode here. It's weird because I feel like as a mastering engineer, I should only be posting pictures of gear, but I'm morally opposed to doing that. Wait, wait, wait. I'm the, you're, I'm the one against gear. You're the gear slut of this relationship. No, I like, I like gear, but I, I think it's really unhealthy for an audio engineer to be like, I'll post a picture of a piece of gear so that audio people will follow me and like me. But then I have to keep posting new pictures of gear, which means I have to keep getting gear to take pictures of. That just seems miserable. I don't want to do that. Yeah, it makes more sense for you because if you attract gear sluts to your Instagram, those are potential Ugh. customers for you because yeah. they're all like studio guys that would hire a masking engineer. It wouldn't make sense for anyone else because like my customer is not someone who cares about gear. So, you know, let's move to the episode because there actually is some tie into what I just said there in today's episode. Totally. But you probably already know what we're talking about just on the topic, just by the title of the episode. Well, they might not because the title of the episode, I think, is WTF is a lead magnet. And if you don't know what a lead magnet no, is. No, no, no. That's the working title. What is a lead <laughs> magnet? Actually, yeah, we might have. Who knows? We're going to talk about lead magnets today. If you don't know what that is, we're going to explain that. We're going to explain how to use it. End of the day, this is a tool on your marketing tool belt that you can use in your business to get more customers if used appropriately. And I think one of the biggest holdups people have to creating and using a lead magnet is they just don't fully understand how to do it, especially in a service-based business. Anything you want to talk about before we get into this, Chris? Yeah, I would say, generally speaking, I want to sort of like build some anticipation here. Ooh, build it. In that um, if it was not for my lead magnet, there is no way I would still be in business without my lead magnet. I've had a lead magnet since the first day I began offering services on the internet. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that is and what that means. Can you tell us a figure amount, a rough estimate of how much your lead magnet has made you in your career is in the mid six figure mark from that one lead magnet? Are you willing to share, Chris? Hmm. I don't know if I want to share that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. You heard it here, guys. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's. Pretty much every dollar I've made in the past 10 years is in some way, shape, or form affected by that lead magnet. That is sick. Well, that's good to go, my dude. Well, let's talk about lead magnets. We're going to talk about how to create a lead magnet for your studio. We're going to talk about how to actually use your lead magnet. We're going to even give you some examples of good lead magnets that we like. But let's first, Chris, let's explain what the hell is a lead magnet. WTF is a lead magnet. And I guess to really explain that, for those of you who are like, we're trying to make this as digestible as an episode for anyone listening. So first, let's explain what a lead is. Chris, what is a lead? A lead is somebody who saw the service for all intents and purposes for us as service providers, whether you're a mix engineer, mastering engineer, 
recording engineer, you own a studio, your editor, whatever it is, it's somebody who heard about your service and said, hmm, interesting, and then identified themselves in some way, gave you their phone number, friended you on Facebook, gave you their email address, in some way, shape, or form said, I'm interested in learning more. And now you have the opportunity either through automated means or through just building a relationship with them, which is what I typically do to sell them something someday. Yeah. I would say even on a, like a broader scope, a lead is just someone that might hire you one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just someone that could potentially hire you or they couldn't either way, but it's someone that could potentially hire you. Someone that is possibly a match for working with you. That to me is a lead. And there's all sorts of different definitions if you really want to get into specifics between leads and prospects. But just to keep it simple, a lead is someone who could potentially hire you. Yeah. I think it's encouraging and it, it sort of brings a sense of peace and a sense of simplicity to think about sorting the world into two groups. Oh boy. Let me try that again. Um, no, just leave, leave the yawn in there. I'm just glad you're <laughs> yawning in the middle of the podcast. You know, it was like a in a really tedious, shitty part of the podcast. When it was not yawning. a yawn. Okay. It was a LaCroix burp. This episode is sponsored by LaCroix, Pamplemousse. Refresh yourself. By the way, for you guys that don't know, Pamplemousse LaCroix, Pamplemousse LaCroix, it's like the grapefruit flavored one. It's one of my favorite things on earth. Delicious. My wife hates it. Side note. There's a point, but let me give you a side note. I was at Andy J Pizza's house earlier this week. He has a machine that makes LaCroix at his house. Yeah, I've seen those. I don't believe in those. Oh my gosh, I want one. They come out to like the same price for 12 ounces as a damn LaCroix. So I just buy LaCroix. If you do the math on the the actual carbon replacement things, carbon, whatever, monoxide, dioxide. <laughs> carbon. That might be why you didn't, didn't like it. If it puts carbon <laughs> monoxide in your water. <laughs> this makes me feel funny. Let's get it back on topic. We were talking about lead magnets. We were talking about leads specifically, and you were adding to that. We don't do that very often. We don't go down those weird rabbit trails to talk about non-audio stuff that often. But what was I saying? Catch me up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So lead magnets, I think, make it easier to look at the world and your business and your potential success because it lets you sort the entire world into two groups. People who ain't never going to hire me and people who might hire me, whose contact information I have, right? So let's talk about a lead magnet specifically. Now that you know what a lead is, a lead is someone who might eventually hire you one day, who could hire you one day, someone who's the genre you work with or the type of artist you want to hire or an engineer that sends you songs to master or a publisher who has an audiobook for you to edit. It could be any number of things. They're, everyone's going to have a different type of customer. But a lead magnet is simply some sort of free thing you give away in order to attract that person to you, to your website or to your Facebook or to your Instagram. It's bait. Yeah, it's bait. It magnetizes those leads and gets them to come to you. As we get more and more saturated in the recording industry, I think these sorts of things are going to be more and more important for us to know and understand and implement in order to set ourselves apart. Because, you know, back in the day, I'll use an example. Back in the day, like when I first started my studio, if you could just do a half-assed decent job at like recording bands, you would have no problem getting clients. Like there was such a lack of decent studios around. The only people around you would be charging like five or six or 700 bucks a day for a commercial space that was in no way catering towards, you know, a pop punk band or a metal band or a rock band. They were just a general studio and all their stuff sounded the same and none of it was great. And they were overcharging, under delivering. It was so easy to set yourself apart because all you had to do was have a little beginner setup and you could outperform those bigger studios. But this is back in 2009 and you know, 2019 is a completely different story. You no longer can just set yourself apart with basic gear. It takes a lot more to set yourself apart. And in 2029, I would put a large amount of money on a wager that is going to be even more difficult to set yourself apart in 2029. So between now and then learning and implementing things like lead magnets and Honestly, they're basic marketing principles and tactics in other industries, but they just really haven't found themselves in the service-based industry yet. I think these are what's going to really help set apart the winners from the losers in the future. A lot of the reason for that is it costs you money or time to get leads, right? If you're going to go out and you're like, I'm going to go to shows, right? Or I'm going to go hang out at a guitar center and make friends with people, or I'm going to go 
to conferences. You know, like there's a CD Baby puts on a conference and it's all these musicians that are trying to self-publish. Like that's probably a pretty good place to go find people. I think it's here in Nashville, actually. Is it? Yeah. That's awesome. I know they had a conference here that um, a few of my friends went to. So that's the only reason I know that. Yeah. So like these are different places you could go to get leads, people that might want to work with you and, you know, build trust and relationships. But you got to spend money to go there. You got to spend time to do that. And eventually what is happening is it's getting more and more expensive to get leads. Yes. And so eventually the people who can get leads the cheapest have this massive edge over their competitors because they don't have to spend marketing dollars. They don't have to spend a ton of time going out. And it's a real game changer. And I can certainly, to just kind of pull back the curtain here, I can certainly attest to that. This podcast gets me a ton of customers. I work with a ton of people who listen to this podcast and it's fun. The only reason I'm doing it is because I enjoy it. But the side effect is that I end up getting a lot of people that reach out that want to work with me. So let's get some examples of lead magnets and then we'll kind of get into the meat of this episode. But quick and easy examples of lead magnets. I think most of us, most of the listeners have a good understanding of what this is, but you've seen this at the Six Figure Home Studio. Just to use an example of something I do all the time, I have free eBooks and I have free PDFs and I have a free webinar video series. These are all things you see on all the audio blogs out there. You see it on any sort of education site and you see it on a few studios, things like this. But these are all lead magnets that people are using in order to get a name and an email address so that they can build the relationship with them and eventually, hopefully down the road, sell them a product. But in the audio world, you see this with Chris Graham as a really good example of this, the free test service. So Chris, explain your lead magnet real quick, just so people have a good frame of reference here. Yeah, so my lead magnet is and has always been um, I'll master a free sample of one song. And so what I did is when I started my business is I launched a website that was cool. It had that before and after player. It was you know brand new. No one had ever done that before. And then real big on the website, you know, it was like, send me a song. Let me master a sample for free. And the idea with a lead magnet was, well, people will send me a song. I'll master the sample, send it back. And they'll say, oh my gosh. He did a great job on this one song. Let's hire him for the album. You know, if his free stuff is this good, his paid stuff must be even better. And that is the key. That one sentence right there is the key to making a lead magnet work. Bingo. His free stuff is this good. His paid stuff must be better. And so some of that too was I would set an expectation. I still do this and say, hey, I'll have this sample for you by this day. And it's been a little rough with the whole food poisoning thing. And, you know, we've had a couple other family things that have, made this month strange for that. But for the past 10 years, it's been like, hey, I'll have this for you by Tuesday. And then I would send it to them by or before Tuesday, you know, whatever it happened to be. And just them seeing like, oh my gosh, he did what he said he was going to do, would set this expectation. Well, he did what he said he was going to do on this lead magnet, on this sample. He must be dependable. So I would strive to do that. And by proving that, hey, I'm a real grown up, people would hire me left and right. And that lead magnet was really the secret to how I grew my business really, really fast. And all of my ads were advertising the lead magnet. I didn't advertise myself. I advertised, hey, you should send me a song. I'll master a sample for free and send it back. And then I would master two samples in most cases, you know, like a really compressed one, like a loud, not really, but a louder and more compressed one and a less and more open one. And so I would over deliver with sending them more than I said I would. And it was great. It's worked really, really well. It's not always the best idea to have a service-based time is required type of lead magnet. Yeah, I did this. I'm not saying you should. <laughs> it's been hard. Yeah, this is not always the best type of lead magnet. So let's actually dig in and talk about how to create a lead magnet for a service-based business because this is what most people struggle with. They default to that free test master or even worse, free test mix, which is a lot more work than a free test master. Ouch, yeah. Or even worse, free test song. <laughs> like they'll record yeah. and mix a band like in the studio for free. I've, I've actually seen that, believe it or not. Let's press pause there for a minute. If it's the right type of potential lead where you're like, oh my gosh, this is a dream client. Oh my gosh, they have a huge budget. Then by all means, spend a day with them in the studio for free. There's a risk reward type of thing with every person that signs up for your lead magnet. With Chris Graham, it is more than worth the time he spends on a test master because he knows he will win the project more often than not and earn way more than he spent on the free test master. 
So it's worth it to him. When he looks at the hours he works and he looks at his income associated with those hours for the free test masters and the paid work, it more than makes sense in his business. But if he were running a mixing studio and he was doing the same amount of work for test mixes, the economies of scale would not work in that situation. Yeah. To put like three hours of work into, that better be a crazy good lead. You can say it's a lead magnet. I didn't really, I don't advertise this, but I've done some free test mixes for some bigger name clients. And I've won some mixes from that, some big projects from that. So it's the thing that even I'll do if the reward is big enough for the risk of the time it takes to do it. Yeah. And when it comes to the service lead magnet of like, hey, I'll give you a free taste. I think a lot of people jump in there like, that's crazy. You should never do that. There's a lot of like kind of old school guys out there that say under no circumstances should you ever work for free. I would say this isn't a black and white thing. And just because you do this doesn't mean you do it for anyone, right? There are all types of ways to do this. There are as many different ways to do this as there are stars in the sky. And if you want to say, hey, apply for a free test mix, that's a lot different than get a free test mix. Yep. So before we even actually get into creating a lead magnet for your studio, we need to talk about customer avatars or at least briefly talk over it. Yeah. And let me kind of sprinkle some anticipation here. There's no idea to make this an episode about doing free work or should you do free work. These are a type of lead magnet. We're going to talk about other types of lead magnets that are way better than that, that are way more effective. So that's really our goal is not to try to convince you, yeah, just do free samples of your work. That's not where we're going with this. We're done talking about the free stuff, the free work. Let's talk about the good lead magnets. Yeah. Before we even talk about creating a lead magnet, we've got to talk about a customer avatar. Now we have a full episode about creating a customer avatar back on episode 82. So I really encourage you, if you did not listen to that episode, episode 82, go there after this episode and go listen to it before you start worrying about creating a lead magnet because the customer avatar that you create is basically the profile of the person you're trying to attract with your lead magnet. And so the entire time you are working through the rest of this, trying to figure out what sort of lead magnet should I create? What should I put in it? What else does this thing do? How does it help this person? You are referring to this customer avatar that you created and answering basic questions of yes or no. Does it help this person do this? Does it help this person do that? If no, stop. If yes, continue. Yeah, you have to define a target. You don't just start shooting in any direction that you want. You have to figure out who exactly are you trying to attract? What most people do that's wrong is they say, well, I just want people. I want everybody. I want to get everyone's attention. That doesn't work well, ever. The other mistake I see is they jump to making a lead magnet because they hear about this and they see other people doing it and they're putting it on their studio's website and it's a tutorial or an ebook or a video of some sort of mix related or recording related. It's attracting the wrong customer. It's like no band on earth wants a mixing tutorial from a studio, but it's going to attract maybe other mixing engineers, but those mixing engineers are never going to hire you for anything. So you've just created a lead magnet for the wrong customer avatar. So go back to episode 82, listen to that whole thing and start defining who you're trying to attract. Because here's the big thing. You might have one, two, or three different types of customer avatars. And each of those three might react differently to a different type of lead magnet or the same lead magnet presented three different ways. So case in point, let's talk about bird feeders. Bird feeders are a great illustration when we talk about lead magnets because what a lot of people do... I have no idea where you're going with on this. Oh, well, trust me. It's good, Brian. Here we go. Bird feeders have different types of food in them. And depending on the type of birds that you like, you have to get a certain type of bird feeder with a certain type of food. If you like hummingbirds, which I do, they're amazing, you have to get a hummingbird feeder. Hummingbird feeder has sugar water in it and little flowers that the hummingbirds come and drink out of. If you get a normal like bird feeder with a bunch of sunflower seeds in it, you will never get a single hummingbird. Your lead magnet is the type of bird feeder that you get that attracts the right type of bird. My favorite bird is a goldfinch. Fun fact, goldfinches are like bright yellow in the summer with a little black head. Goldfinches love thistle. Thistle's like a really long skinny seed and you need a certain type of bird feeder that can hold thistle to attract a bunch of goldfinches. That wasn't a very fun fact, Chris. That I like goldfinches? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're amazing, Brian. No, I'm just going to continue. They're, I'm sorry. I'm giving they're you hot yellow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, fun fact, I was driving home from college years ago, and I hit one of those. Oof. And it 
its head popped off and got stuck in my windshield wiper. And it was the worst moment of my life. That is a fun fact. That is a good fun fact. There we go. I screamed like a girl, turned the windshield wipers on, and somehow it wrapped its remains around the windshield wiper. And I had to get out and like untie its spine from my car. Anyways, (laughs) it was terrible. Anyways, you got to have the right type of bird feeder and the right type of seed to attract a certain type of bird. A lead magnet's the same way. And the biggest mistake people typically make is they put out the wrong type of bird feeder. They're like, oh, I'm going to fill this bird feeder full of corn and nothing but squirrels comes. Yeah. So let's talk about the entire point of a lead magnet. For me, as the studio owner, the point of the lead magnet is to get my ideal customer to come to me. We've already established that. I've created my customer avatar. I know that I want this lead magnet to attract those people to me, but now you have to figure out what's in it for them because they're not going to come to you unless you solve a big, big problem for them. You have to get someone from point A to point B. In some way, shape, or form, your lead magnet has to get them from point A to point B. So in Chris's lead magnet example, point A is their unmastered track. Point B is their mastered track. So that's an easy example to do. A not so easy example might be if I'm trying to attract metal bands, which is the genre I know plenty about because that's what I mix. And that's what I was in a band called My Children, My Bride back from 2004 to 2009, early 2009. And I know a lot about the tour life, at least back then. I don't really know a lot about it right now because there's so many apps and tools and cool things that I am really envious of. But a lead magnet for a metal band might be something like touring guide. It could be a tour guide. It could be yeah. Uh, how to plan merch ordering so that you never run out on tour. It could be, you know, point A is I'm in a point where I'm on tour. I've run out of merch. We just missed out on a thousand dollars of sales and I'm now frustrated. Point B is we never run out of merch and we just made an extra eight grand this tour because our merch ordering process or our merch pipeline. So it was delivered on these specific points on tour was so much better. And that guide that I give them is walking them through that. It could be delivered in a video. It could be a PDF. It could be an ebook. There's a number of ways to deliver it. But the point is it gets them from point A, which is a shitty place to be, and a point B, which is a great place to be. And it's attracting the type of customer that I want. Any questions on that point, Chris? Well, you know, I had an idea. And I don't know if this is too early in the episode, but another example of a great lead magnet there would be a demo guide. Here's a way to really quickly and easily make demos for your songs. So it's like a demo checklist or something like that. True. Something that makes it easier for them to sort through the millions of choices they need to make to very quickly get to a sketch of a song. Whatever you choose, it has to be a big enough problem to where they're willing to put in their name and email address or fill out some sort of form in order to get it. If it's just a problem that nobody cares about, how to change your tires on tour. That's a terrible lead magnet. That's an awful lead magnet. But if you have one that's like how to get placed on the best Spotify playlist in metal, that's a good lead magnet. I think. I don't really know, actually. I listen to a few metal playlists at the gym in the mornings. These playlists on Spotify have like hundreds of thousands of followers on it. So that anytime like a new release is added, they just instantly get hundreds of thousands of plays. So that's like, to me, if you can find a way through a PDF to get them on those playlists, specifically for metal bands, that's going to attract your ideal type of customer. And so those are the types of thought experiments you need to do when it comes to attracting your type of customer and getting them from point A, I've got a new song that no one's going to hear, to point B, I'm now on the new metal release playlist that has 400,000 followers. That's awesome. I definitely think the uh, how to change your tire when you're on tour is not <laughs> such a bad, such a bad lead. Yeah, make sure you solve a big enough problem. <laughs> I heard a really funny story. So I used to live in Athens, Ohio. Athens, Ohio is, you know, about 90 miles south of Columbus. I used to be in Athens, Alabama. There you go. It's where Ohio University is. The first university in the Northwest Territory. There you go. I'm reading a book about that right now. This is pretty metal, but the largest insane asylum in the country was in Athens, Ohio in the 1800s. It's huge. It's got to be like hundreds of thousands of square feet. And there's this funny story about father and son in Athens were driving and tire popped right next to, it's called the Ridges, this insane asylum. And so they get out and the father's like, oh, there's a teaching moment. I'm going to show my son how to change a tire. So they, you know, jack the car up, pull the tire off. And then right next to the fenced in grassy area where the, I want to say inmates, but the patients, the patients would like hang <laughs> out you outside. You can argue it's either one. Yeah. <laughs> Especially back then. Yeah. And so they're changing the tire and he puts all the lug nuts in the hubcap and sets the hubcap on the curb 
and he's changing the tire. And then all of a sudden his son bumps the hubcap. The lug nuts fly up in the air, the little things that hold the tire on and they go down a sewer grate. And as he does this, he looks up and he's like, Oh crap, we're screwed. And there's two guys who are patients in the insane asylum leaning up against the fence, like eight feet away watching this. And the father gets all anxious because he's like, Oh boy, this is weird. And uh, one of the patients leans, you know, a little closer and says, you know what you should do. And the dad gets real nervous there. Cause he's like, all right, this insane guy giving me advice, with my son, and I, I can't drive away. And he says, what you should do is uh, take one lug nut off the other three tires and use those three lug nuts to put the tire back on and then go drive to the car parts store. <laughs> and the father was like, whoa, that's a great idea. And like the patient could see that the guy was like shocked by this. And the patient said, I'm crazy, not stupid. <laughs> Anyways. I hate, so, uh, I'm, that added so much value to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I added no value whatsoever to this episode of the podcast, but I like that story and I wanted to tell it on this on the podcast. So it's a good story. Deal with it. All right, here we go. So unlike that story, your lead magnet needs to be preferably easy to consume. Yeah. And to provide value to your audience, unlike what I just did. Yeah. So think about this. I've moved away from ebooks. I think I have an ebook and I do give that away and people download it. Whether they read it or not, it's to be questioned. I would be surprised if more than 20% of people that download that ebook actually ever read it to its completion. And that's because just attention spans are small now. They don't have the ability to sit down and read an ebook from start to finish, especially one that's written as poorly as that ebook, because I wrote it in like 2016. The Breaking the Time Barrier ebook, that FreshBooks one that we kind of went over the last few episodes, that was actually an easy read. And I sat down and had no problem getting through that one. Yeah. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic, and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine, so you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should, and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business, and you have no idea what you should be focusing on, and you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. Well, let's pause and point that out. The book that we've been talking about the last couple episodes is a lead magnet Yeah, for FreshBooks. FreshBooks is an invoicing software. That we are not sponsored by, by the way. <laughs> not sponsored by. Yeah. We promoted their lead magnet because it was so high quality. They just got crazy thousands of dollars of free advertising on our podcast to a perfectly ideal audience freelancers, which is what they're trying to attract at FreshBooks. And if you like them, go tell them we sent you. So let's go back to the point here. The guides I've read on creating a lead magnet, and the reason this is top of mind with me is because I just created a new lead magnet, which 
you can get to if you go to the show notes here, the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash 87. It kind of just covers some of the stuff we've talked about in the last few episodes, but it's called How to Double Your Income by Following Up. It's just basically my follow-up guide PDF. I was looking up a bunch of different guides on creating lead magnets and most agreed that it needs to be quickly and easily consumed. But I actually have a different methodology here. I think there's a balance between easy to consume and quality of lead. Mm. And what I mean is this, like if you just give them like a little one page PDF, something they can consume in 30 seconds, you're not really gonna be able to solve much of a problem with this kind of lead magnet or like a one minute video or something, something that's like, that's really low value, really low, easy to consume. It's not really solving a problem. And the quality of the leads you get from that type of lead magnet is not going to be very good. If you have a mailing list, your open rates are going to be lower. Basically, less of those people are going to convert into a paid customer. Now, if you have a lead magnet that is longer, like one of my best converting lead magnets is my webinar. That thing is 90 minutes long. And the average person watches that for an hour and 10 minutes. And that's after like 10,000 plus people have gone through that thing. So that is not an easy to consume lead magnet, but the quality of people that go through that and the amount of people that actually make it through that is high. So I don't think there is a one size fits all to this ease of consumption thing, but I think there is a balance. Don't make it longer than it needs to be, but make sure you are solving the problem from point A to point B from someone. And if you can do that, you will have a high quality lead from this. Well, and let's talk about your lead magnet, that webinar. So you've got this course, Profitable Producer, tons and tons and tons and tons of people have gone through it and have learned a lot more tactical stuff than what we talk about on the podcast. So pitch us this lead magnet. Why would somebody want to go to your webinar? Because point A is someone who is running a studio. They don't understand how to run a real business. They don't understand how to get leads. They don't understand how to turn those leads to customers and they don't know how to charge a fair rate for what they're doing. That's point A. And there's a lot of people that resonate with those three problems. They don't know how to get enough customers. They don't know how to get enough leads. They don't know how to turn those leads into customers. And they don't know how to charge a fair rate. That's the big three problems that the webinar helps people solve. It gives you solutions to each of those three problems and people sit through it. <laughs> and point B is understanding a big mindset shift uh, that you need to take place from moving from just a freelancer to more of an entrepreneur and a simple way to generate leads, a simple way to convert those leads to customers, and then a simple way to position yourself as a premium service. And that's why that webinar has done so well, I think. It's just point A to point B is very simple to understand for audio professionals. Yeah. And so your sort of overarching strategy here, and it's going really, really well, is to provide genuine value to people who are having business issues, right? So they go and they watch this webinar and they say, wow, that free content was unbelievably awesome. I would like to take Brian's course on business and then they take it. And then your goal there is that they finish the course and they say, wow, that was better than I thought it would be. Maybe I'll buy more courses from him in the future if he has them. That's the goal. Yeah. Or just join FilePass because I don't really have any other courses uh, apart from Profitable Producer course because that includes pretty much everything I have. There you go, man. Well, I just want to pat you in the back. We've got a lot of friends that have taken this course and you know, there's one guy in particular, I'm not going to name him because I'm going to give some details here, but a well-known guy took the course and I was like on the phone with him a couple of weeks ago and he's like, dude, like halfway through Brian's course, I used some of the stuff he taught me and I've closed $10,000 <laughs> in work because of the course. And I only just started. And so it's great. Like you are trying to provide this amazing free value to people so that they take the course so that they get more value than they paid for. Like that's sort of the idea there. It's actually sparked something that I, I haven't really thought of explaining so I have a few lead magnets and they all kind of push towards the same thing, which is eventually, I mean, it's getting people to listen to the podcast. I push people to get in the Facebook community. I push like all these free things, but eventually I'm trying to get someone to pay for profitable producer course or the home studio startup. Those are my two main courses. And every single lead magnet that I have, I have the keys to a six figure home studio ebook. I have that rate sheet that I give away that gives like rates for different services. So you kind of have a benchmark for beginners, intermediates, and experts. I have that double your income follow-up PDF that I just launched like this week. I have the simple business roadmap free course in my academy. Every single one of these lead magnets came from conversations I've had with my ideal customer. And that is really the key to making this all work. I can give you all sorts of like bullshit examples, like changing a tire on a van or getting people on a Spotify playlist or insert XYZ solution to problem here. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get to these solutions, the things that are really, really, really juicy problems that they want solved. You're not going to get to those until you go out and talk to your ideal customer that you have 
profiled in your avatar creation that we went over on episode 82. Bingo. This is the thing I see people get wrong the most is they're like, I'm going to sit in my studio by myself and I'm going to come up with a lead magnet. I'm going to come up with ways to get customers. When you just nailed it, you hit the nail on the head is what happened was you got out there, you started talking to people that were your ideal customer, learning more about them. And then you had these lightning bolt moments like, oh, they don't know what to charge. I should make a guide on what to charge. Yep. And I'll just say, hey, it's free. Just give me your email address and I'll send it to you. So you hit the nail on the head. And I think what most people do is they're like, I'm going to go work and go work means like go click a mouse in the basement when work really, really effective work is learning more about how to serve your ideal customer. So you have those moments of like, oh, that's what people are looking for. Got it. I can help with that. Yeah. I can't say anything else about this other than like conversations with people that you're trying to attract are going to be what gets you your aha moment on the type of lead magnet you want to create. And if all you're doing is sitting in a basement, like speculating on what you think the type of customer you kind of think you want needs. And let me rephrase that better. Cause I kind of butchered that, but like most people they're like, I'm going to create a customer avatar. And so they sit down and they like pull my worksheet out that I give away for the profitable producer course students. I have like a worksheet they fill out to create their customer avatar and they just blindly fill it out based on what they think they're trying to attract to their studio, but they don't have enough past clients to really have a good idea or they haven't really talked to any of these people. So they don't really know the answers to the questions they should be putting down. So they just start creating a blind customer avatar and then they start speculating based off this customer avatar that came up with out of thin air. They start speculating on what sort of problems they think they probably have. So they create a lead magnet off of that. That is the worst type of lead magnet possible. There's no research involved with what sort of problems they have. And you didn't even take the time to research what sort of customer avatar you were creating in the first place. So you're creating a watered down lead magnet for a watered down avatar. And so you're just going to get awful results when you do that. Totally. Well, let's talk about what to do with a lead magnet once you have it or how to even figure out how to create your own lead magnet. So Graham Cochran talks about this a lot. I'm a big Graham Cochran fan, hired him to be my business coach, and it was one of the better decisions I've made in the last year. Still processing the things I've learned from him. Wasn't cheap though. <laughs> was not cheap. Yeah. No, it was, <laughs> it was very expensive, but worth it. very worth it. And so Graham Cochran, his big thing that he teaches is make free public content for your ideal customer. Use that free content to pitch free private content. So like kind of doing it right now on the podcast, we're giving you guys this great content. It's free. Anybody can listen to it. And then a lot of you are thinking, oh my gosh, I want to go to this webinar that Brian's talking about. So you're going to go sign up for it. You're going to get an email. You're going to go to this thing that's just for you. That's not like, hey, I can't find this on YouTube. And then from there, Brian's going to pitch you his profitable producer course. That's the way a lead magnet works is that you've got free public facing content, free private facing content, and then a sales pitch at the end of that to something else. Yeah. If you want to get to that webinar, you can just go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash workshop. There it is. Yeah. It's awesome. This is something I've struggled with and something Graham really helped me through because in 2011, I made a new lead magnet and that lead magnet in 2011 was Bounce Butler. It was this app where you say, hey, I got a hundred Pro Tools sessions. Can you bounce them all for me and text me when you're done? I built it in 2011. But here's the thing. I didn't have an audience in 2011 and I couldn't get any feedback. I had a lot of customers, but I didn't have a lot of people where I could just be like, hey, this is a thing. And then a lot of people would download it. So I only had the lead magnet. I didn't have any way to tell people about the lead magnet. And these are two things that have to work together. You have to have a way to tell people about the lead magnet, whether that's paid ads whether you're making content to tell people about that. Or a combination of those two things where you're creating free content and amplifying it with paid ads. Yeah. So one of the things Graham has done super well, as good as anybody in probably any industry, is that Graham made content that YouTube wanted. So people would go on YouTube, they would type in like, how to mix vocals in Logic. And then Graham's video would pop up and they'd watch it because he designed it to be shown to people who were searching for information. They would watch it and then he would pitch his lead magnet at the end of the video. And I don't even know how big Graham's email list is. I would guess probably maybe close to a million people. I might be way off in that, but I would not be surprised if over a million people have signed up for Graham's lead magnets over the years. 
I'm going to estimate it's 300,000, but that's another wild guess. I think I saw somewhere like 250,000 at one point. Okay. Yeah. That sounds more reasonable than my guess. Somewhere between 250 and a million. There you go. Yeah. But anyways, Bounce Butler initially was an idea for a lead magnet. And the way it worked back in the day was, hey, you download Bounce Butler, you can use it for free. And at the end, it would pitch you, hey, it's time for mastering, contact Chris Graham. (laughs) Which brings us to an interesting point about lead magnets. Your lead magnet shouldn't attract the wrong type of people to your business. But there's two other groups of people that you got to be cognizant of. One of those is people who will someday need your service. And the other, here's the good stuff, here's the nugget of wisdom, are the people who are almost ready. They're just on the verge of needing what you provide. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We would call that ripeness, lead ripeness. So if your lead magnet, in the best case scenario, attracts leads that are ripe, that are ready to hire, that's going to be your best investment. That's your lowest hanging fruit. And that was kind of my initial idea with Bounce Butler back in 2011 was like, well, if they're bouncing, they're ready for a mastering engineer, right? I didn't execute it very well. Not many people download it because I didn't have a way to push it, but I should have run paid ads to Bounce Butler back then. I don't know why I didn't. This was really, really stupid. There's a couple things to kind of extract from what you just said there. I actually categorize it into three different categories, the tortoise, the deer, and the hare. The tortoise is the type of person that joins your list and will like interact. They will be part of your community. They'll listen to your podcast. You know, they'll read your blog articles and they won't buy from you until like two, three years from now. Yeah, I still get sales from people that join my list in like 2016. I think I've sold a couple profit producer courses this month from people that joined like two years ago. So tortoises eventually buy from you. Deers are the kind of people like, they want to check you out, make sure you're legit, make sure they're going to, you know, they'll go look for reviews or look for unbiased opinions of things. And they'll join Facebook community and see what it's all about, but they'll join pretty quickly in the first three months or so. That's actually probably the bulk of people. And then you have the hares and those are the people that are like, don't put anything in my way. I'm ready to throw my money at you right this second. And that's the smallest of the groups. So if all you do is target the hares, you're actually leaving a lot of money on the table. There's ways to target all three different types of people and ways to treat all three types of leads. And so don't give up on someone just because they don't hire you immediately. And that's, that's hugely important for your business, Chris. Yeah, super important. But if you're just getting into the marketing game, you want to start with the hares because the hares will give you their money and then you can use their money to do other things, to do more marketing, to reach out to more people. What I see all the time is people will start with tortoises. Is it tortoises or tortai? Tortai sounds like a delicious pasta. That does, doesn't it? With cheese filling. Yeah. (laughs) But I see this all the time. And the people that I do coaching stuff with is they will have done something that attracts a lot of tortoises. And now they're freaking out because they've done all this work, but they're not closing any sales. They've done good work and they will someday close sales. But their problem is that they need sales this month and they need sales next month, or they're going to have to go out and get a job. If you're trying to figure all this stuff out, it's different for every single business. There's no like prescription. We can say, hey, this will work for everybody. Do this. Other than to say, in my opinion, the best thing to do is to figure out how to find leads who are almost ready for what you do. If you can do that, you'll get some revenue going. You'll get a lot of customers, and then you can expand out to go more brand awareness, which is going to be more of a long-term game. Yep. Let's get us back on track here. You've got your customer avatar created through actual research. You know what their pain points and problems are. You have had conversations until the point you've had the aha moment that, hey, this is the lead magnet I'm going to create. It's a guide on X or Y or Z. It solves someone's problem, point A to point B. And then you've decided on the type of content you are creating. Is it a video? Is it an ebook? Is it a short, like three, four, five page PDF? Is it a mini course? Is it a physical book? I've seen some people use that as lead magnets. You have chosen all of these things and now you've gone off and created this thing. Now we need to talk about how to actually distribute this thing because that's kind of where you got, Chris. You created software as a lead magnet, which is a viable way to do it. If getting someone to point A to point B is a piece of software as a tool, there's one of our examples that we have. HubSpot has a nice software lead magnet we'll talk about at the end of this episode. Now let's talk about how we can actually distribute this so that it's actually consumed and we are actually getting leads from this. First and easiest thing to do is put it on your website. If your website's not getting traffic, it's not going to do a whole lot for you. 
But having it on your website is very important because if someone comes to your website and they're not ready to hire you and they're not ready to fill out your form to get a quote from you, you're giving them a secondary option for you to stay in touch with them. And that is a lead magnet. I don't have one on my page either. So I'm hypocritical here. I also don't really need that on my studios page. I have enough word of mouth and organic leads coming in where I don't need a lead magnet strategy for my business. Although it wouldn't hurt me to do one, to be honest, but having on your website just gives you a secondary way to stay in touch with them. Well, it also keeps you top of mind. You know, if if you can provide value for them and they're thinking, wow, that was cool. I learned something. Uh, And they're trying to apply what they've learned in real life. That keeps you top of mind. And I think it can be a really, really strong and powerful thing. I got an ad on Instagram for a piece of software that was very interesting in what I'm doing with FilePass. It was just like a tool to help run a business, like a software-based business. And I went to it and I was like, this is freaking awesome. I'm not ready to start my free trial yet because you know, we're not the place in our business where we can really make use of this. So I would be wasted to start a free trial right now. What do I do? Well, I noticed at the bottom of the page, there was a way to sign up for a newsletter. And I was just like, well, I'm going to forget about the software if I don't sign up for the newsletter. So I literally signed up for the newsletter just because I knew I'd get weekly emails from them to keep them top of mind so that I can sign up for it whenever I'm ready for it. That was literally the only point of me signing up for it. So sometimes people are going to have that same thought. Hey, this is a cool, I like this dude's portfolio. I like his recording style. I like his studio. It's a good vibe. I'm going to go and sign up for like his PDF or his ebook or this thing on his mailing list. Even if it's just like sign up for my mailing list, which is the worst type of lead magnet possible. Even if you're doing that, people will probably sign up just to stay in touch with you just so that you're top of mind. So when they're ready to record or ready to get mixing or ready to get mastering services done, they remember you as an option. That's awesome, man. The second place to get your league magnet consumed is through retargeting. We've talked about this on the podcast back on episode, I think 23. We talked about why you might need to advertise your studio. And I think inside of there, we probably talked about retargeting. If you have a Facebook pixel on your site, which you're not going to get into yet, you can look this up on previous episodes, or you can join the Profitable Producer course and I teach you all this. If you have a Facebook pixel and uh, Google Analytics is solid on your site, you can then show ads on Google or Facebook or Instagram. You can show ads to people that have been to your site. And I'm averaging between 500 and 800 unique website visitors a month for my studio. You probably get five to 10 X that Chris Graham. Something like that. That's hundreds or thousands of people each month that you can show an ad to for your lead magnet. So instead of just always having a like, are you ready to get your songs mixed? Or are you ready to get your songs mastered? Get your free test master now. Instead of just endlessly doing those same retargeting ads, you can throw some value first lead magnet their way that helps you build trust with that person. You can do the same with just free videos and other blog articles and stuff, but this is a good way to get them on some sort of mailing list to where you're able to keep in touch with them instead of relying on Facebook to show your ad and always having to pay to get in front of them. This is a way to get them in a place where you control the conversation. You control how many times you follow up with them. And retargeting is always the cheapest way to do that. One of the things I'm hoping that people listening to this episode that clicks with them is this idea that you can use paid marketing not to promote you or your services, but to give away something for free that builds goodwill, that helps people, that serves people, and that keeps you top of mind. I'm hoping that there's this moment where like, whoa, so I could do something awesome and free for my potential customers and I could advertise it. I could boost those posts on Instagram. That's probably the simplest thing you could possibly do is I'm going to make an Instagram post and I'm going to boost it to people who I think would be into this lead magnet. And then from there, I'm going to try to continue to add value, email them interesting and cool and useful things, and then eventually ask for the sale or at least maintain the relationship so that when the time comes, they're going to hire you. Because that's the biggest thing you got to wrap your mind around. In our industry, there's a life cycle. Well, it's an album cycle. And at certain times, your ideal customer is open to hiring you. And at other times, he's not open to hiring you. He's doing other things. He's touring or he is working on merch or he is writing for the record. They're not in a spot where they're ready to move. And you have to stay top of mind in that situation so that when the time does come that you're the guy that gets the call. Yeah. I remember seeing a stat somewhere. This is generally true. Is at a conference? I think it was actually like digital marketer conference. Someone on stage was like, 
who in this room is in the market to buy new jeans right now? And a certain amount of people raised their hand. And he's like, that's right. It's about 3% of people. Who here might be in the market for jeans in the next few months? More people raise their hands. That's right. About 7% of people. Who here could be persuaded to buy some new jeans if they found the right deal? And it was like 15% of people. And so all that to say, 3% of your potential market is going to be ready to buy right now. So you could get your ad in front of the perfect person, or you could get the lead magnet in front of the perfect person, but there's probably only like a 3% chance that that person's ready to book your service right this second. And so that's really where, when it comes to service-based businesses, especially when where they're recording as little as they do, like once a year, a couple times a year for most artists, if that's the case, it may be less than 3%. It could be, you're going to have a lot more tortoises than hares in this industry so that's why a lead magnet is playing the long game really responsibly. And that way, when you move to like paid advertising, if you're trying to attract cold leads, not just retargeting. So retargeting is showing an ad to someone who has already been to your website. That's a lovely type of advertising, but it's not scalable. There's only so many people you can advertise to because it's only the people who have been to your website before. When you start getting into cold advertising, meaning you're advertising to just anyone who matches a certain type of demographic or a certain location or a certain interest on Facebook or Instagram, when you get into that type of advertising, the lead magnet will always, always, always be cheaper than just advertising your services outright and going for the sale. So if you have anything to add to that, Chris, you're welcome to add to it. But just in my experience, going straight for the sale to cold audiences is a loser's game. Agreed. Lead magnet is the way to go because it helps self-select people that are not qualified. They usually won't take the time to download something that's not going to be relevant to them. And the ones that go through the process of signing up, downloading, reading, those are going to be the people that are now going to be potential customers for you. Well, let me use an illustration for my own life here. So in 2005, I was walking home from a friend's house and I was friends with Allison McBain. Given some first and last names. Okay. Whose name is now Allison Graham. Oh, I was yeah. about to say, given some names here. <laughs> And I was walking home from a friend's house. We had been playing Halo, bunch of dudes in a nasty basement playing Halo and thinking to myself, man, I've been hanging out with too many stinky dudes playing Halo. I need to hang out with like more girls. And I thought to myself, who could I hang out with? And I was like, well, I think Allison is in town right now and she's really funny and she's really cool and she's hot and she's a great singer and a great musician. And I really like hanging. Oh my gosh, I like her so much. It was like a moment of just like, ah. I remember right where I was and I was like halfway through a step and my foot left the ground for the next step. And before it hit the ground for that final step, I liked her. It was just this boom. I didn't reach out to her and say, hey, you want to get married and have some kids and move to Westville, Ohio, and then I'll start a podcast and you know, we'll be mastering. I didn't do that. I called her up and I asked her if she wanted to go get coffee. I wanted to buy her a cup of coffee. It was a lead magnet. It was something to initiate the relationship rather than like, hey, uh, you want to like, seriously, uh, can I call you my girlfriend? That doesn't work, man. Right? And we all know this instinctively in human relationships, but so many of us in the recording world are like, hey, you want to work with me? Hey, you ready to start your record? Hey, uh, uh, what time are you coming over to the studio to, to start recording your first song? You can't just go right for the kill like that. Most people get scared and rightfully so they should. When you get too aggressive like that, you have to build a relationship slowly and build trust slowly. And it's no different in any other industry. So that's kind of like my big piece thinking here is that a lead magnet is really just an opportunity to build a relationship with somebody and show them like you want to make sure that it's a good fit, right? You want to make sure that this is a road that you want to go down and that they want to go down not this like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. So yeah, that's my thoughts. I'm really glad I did that with Allison because it's worked out great. <laughs> yeah. You'll have like 10 kids and seven cats now. It's true. Side note, lots of rabbit holes on this. We had such a fun week this week and I know you hated it because I sent you a video of it. Oh yeah. But I bought my kids a like harness God. for our cat. Dr. Raleigh St. Clair. This is so stupid. And it's like a harness with a leash and a bow tie. And we took our cat on a walk and it was awesome. <laughs> it was so great. You are one of those people now that takes their cat on walks. Yo, it was dope. It was really manly. You put your cat in a stroller. I did. And my daughter held the cat while we walked around the neighborhood. And it was one of the highlights of the year. 
Well, let's talk about three lead magnets that are some good examples just to kind of get you some ideas flowing here. First one, if you're a mastering engineer, this will work. If you're an editor, this will work. If you're doing some sort of small, quick service, this will work. If you do something very complex, this will not work. But go to chrisgrammastering.com. You've got your free test master on there. If you need your songs mastered, get Chris Graham to do a free test master for you and he'll blow it out of the water and you'll hire him. But that's one service-based lead magnet. The second is one of our previous guests back on episode 68. We interviewed Mark Eckert. He talked about how he uses Instagram marketing to build uh, recurring income as a music producer. He's got something called the Indie PR Bundle over at mark-eckert.com. And this is a resource he has behind a name and email address form that is like all sorts of indie contacts in the PR world. And so it's like really, really juicy type solution to a problem that indie artists have that he provides a solution for. And it's wonderful. Well, and think about this. Who would be interested in an indie PR bundle? What type of customer avatar? It's someone with a budget. It's somebody who's serious about promoting their music. It's somebody willing to spend money on something other than recording. Therefore, someone willing to spend money on recording. It's a perfect customer avatar. And it's one of the ways that Mark gets a crap load of customers. It's brilliant. All right. So our third lead magnet is HubSpot. This is like marketing software. It's typically for like big, big, big companies with like hundreds or thousands of employees. So not a lot of stuff that's useful for us. Well, they have a free CRM. They do have a free CRM. That's true. I don't know how limited it is, but I know some of our community uses it. Let's talk a little bit more about who they are. They want to sell you products that are going to help you primarily, as I understand it, like with email, they want to help you stay in touch with your customers and build conversations and eventually sell to them. Yeah. Their core is email marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And so this lead magnet is an email signature generator, which sounds kind of stupid. And when Chris told me about it, I was like, that's dumb. And then actually look at it. It's actually really cool. It actually makes a really good looking email signature that looks very professional. It's beautiful. And we'll have the links to all three of these lead magnets in our show notes at the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash 87. That's slash 87. But it's just a way for you to build out a very nice looking professional email signature, which is like, it's the things that in a nice and fancy way, it shows your name, it shows your email, your phone number, it shows your like website. It's almost like a little business card to put at the bottom of your emails. Yeah. So think about this. Who would be interested in having a fancier email signature in their email that would want to use this email signature generator? C-level executives. There you go. These are people who want to sell over email. And if they want to sell over email and look better and look snazzier, they're interested in email marketing software. I think not just people trying to sell over email, but people who want to appear as professional as possible. Bingo. And those people run big companies who would want to hire HubSpot for their products and services. Yeah. That's a good example of a really good lead magnet for their specific target market. That's going to attract a few stragglers like us, like freelancers who are probably not a good fit for most of HubSpot, but the vast majority of it is going to be these bigger budgets. Yeah. And so think about that. I'm hoping this clicks for you guys, but just in case it's not, I just want to illustrate this more clearly. So if you're HubSpot and you're looking for a specific type of customer, They thought about who this avatar was and what they wanted, and then they created something that adds value, that serves them. They put it out there for free. They've pushed all kinds of traffic to it, either through paid marketing, through search engine optimization, you know, you name it. And then people come to this tool and say, wow, those are really good looking email signatures. I would like my email to look as clean and as professional as that signature does. So they enter their name and email, they fill it out, they get this email signature wham, bam, they're going to start getting emails from HubSpot telling them other stuff they might be interested in, but eventually about the products that HubSpot sells. So it's this one-to-one fit where HubSpot has made something that's a bird feeder that attracts just the type of bird they're looking for. And that's the power of a lead magnet. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. Next week's episode, we're actually be talking about retargeting, setting up a retargeting ad campaign for your studio. And before you, before you tune out, before you say, oh, that's not for me, I don't need that, or I don't want to go through with that, or I don't want to deal with that, or I don't know if I'm right for retargeting, what is that even? Let me just paint a very simple picture for you. And it's this, of all the people that ever come to your website or visit your Facebook page or visit your Instagram page, 
95% of them will never interact with you in any meaningful way. 95%, if not more than that. So that could be an artist that was recommended to you by a friend of theirs that said, hey, go check out so-and-so studio. It's amazing. They go to your website or they check out your Facebook page, or your Instagram page, and they say, oh, this is actually really cool, um, but we're not ready to record yet. And oh, by the way, the lead magnet that they just created that we just talked about in today's episode is not appealing to me. So I'm going to leave and I'm not going to come back again. And six months later, when it comes time for them to record, they go with another studio, not because that studio was better, not because the, the producer there was more affordable, not because it was a better fit for that artist. It was only because that studio was top of mind when it came time for that band to book studio time. Now, for next week's episode, we're going to talk about how to take that 95% of wasted website traffic or wasted Facebook page views or wasted Instagram page views. We're going to talk about a way to take that 95% of wasted traffic, those wasted eyeballs, and help keep you top of mind for potentially thousands of people, even tens of thousands of people, but thousands of people for as cheap as 30 bucks a month. I know people that spend more than 30 bucks a month on their Spotify, Netflix, Hulu, and Razorblade subscriptions. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, 30 bucks a month, this is, this is like a no-brainer. There's literally no reason that anyone shouldn't have retargeting set up for their studios unless they're just already too busy, in which case you have different problems. But that 30 bucks a month is not an expense. People look at paid advertising and they're thinking like, oh, I don't want to pay money to get people to come to my site. Completely wrong mindset. 30 bucks a month, to show ads to people who already have been to your website. They're already familiar with the brand in some way, shape, or form. It's just helping you stay top of mind over the next six months for that band or that artist. So next week, we're going to talk about how to get up and running with retargeting. And we're going to talk about several different types of ads you can run. We're going to give you specific ad ideas so that you're not just staring at a blank screen with no idea what you should do. That sounds interesting to you. If you are at the point where you are willing to give paid advertising a go, or you're just looking to get more clients because people are coming to your site and not actually filling out the quote form and not downloading your lead magnet. If you're looking for ways to pick up that low, low, low hanging fruit that you are wasting right now, tune in next week, bright and early, 6 a.m. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, happy hustling. Whoa.